look back to the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope everyone's having a great day today. Uh, getting a little bit of a late start on recording this today. Tyler and I have been um, in uh, meetings on, well, a lot of things, as always, but specifically today about the goings-on in China. How interesting is this? We're working on a special report now, <clears throat> and I'm sure we'll be covering a lot of this on the podcast as well. As always, though, to get first glance, join us at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. Uh, two free weeks right now. Come and check us out. i got to put that pitch out there, of course, because we are naked capitalists here at the VRA. Proud of it. Uh, but what's happening in China now is, is pretty stunning. Uh, their K-Web, their internet uh, ETF, uh, I'd say they have the two most popular ETFs in China are FXI uh, for, for Westerners. FXI, which is their, their large cap ETF of Chinese companies, uh, and uh, K-Web, which is their internet ETF. K-Web uh, today was down another 3.5% today, uh, 3.8% is now... 55% lower than its highs of mid-February, uh, and FXI is down about 30%. So this is just stunning uh, because of what's happening globally. I mean, we have this major global bull market taking place in everywhere but China. And, of course, emerging markets are being hit as well because, as Tyler walked me through today as a, re- as a refresher course, uh, the emerging markets are these ETFs in emer- for emerging markets like EEM. Well, these are... 40 to 50% Chinese holdings as well. So uh, there's not a lot of pure plays, but we are getting very interested in those pure plays in China, uh, like the two ETFs I just mentioned, uh, because we're looking for a capitulation event, kind of a blood in the streets kind of event. And a lot of lot of things are looking very interesting about some, some possibilities of what could happen in China. Military action, global action to remind them that, uh, no, it's not okay to be the world's second largest economy and to be hardcore communist. We're just not going to accept that. And, oh, by the way, it looks like, yeah, coronavirus is on you. You, 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 you did release this, maybe, maybe on purpose. You did intentionally spread it globally. What's your penance going to be? How many trillions must China pay? How many tens of trillions must China pay for releasing the uh, coronavirus pandemic on the world? So anyway, <clears throat> um, we'll, we'll cover that more as we move forward here. But it's pretty rare when you get an opportunity to buy an investment in the uh, second largest economy on the planet. It's down 50% in, what, four and a half months. And um, when the world's in a global bull market. So these are the kind of things that every investor, of course, uh, has their eye on. You're looking for that blood in the streets kind of a moment, and we'll keep you in the loop there. But again, let's come back home here. What a day today. Uh, you just wouldn't know that anything was happening other than miracles are happening on Wall Street and uh, Main Street as well. Cover that here. Earnings are blowing it out of the water. Uh, let's start with the markets first. Dow Jones today, up, by the way, closing at the highs of the day. That's a very bullish sign. Dow Jones finishing up 278 points today, up by eight-tenths of 1% at 35,116. That's not an all-time high. Of course, it's also not very far from it. I'm at like 70 points away from an all-time high. However, the S&P 500 did close at an all-time high today, up uh, 36 points. Again, 
also up eight tenths of one percent at forty two twenty three. Excuse me, forty four twenty three. Uh, Nasdaq today up a half percent, up eighty points at fourteen thousand seven sixty one. Uh, NASDAQ is, what is this, 100 and, not even 100 points worth from all-time high. We're talking about all-time highs across the board, except for Russell 2000. This is where we have a real interest here. We we own a lot of small caps in the VRA uh, because that's where you get a lot of bang for your buck, but that has not been the case. Russell 2000, outside of the last month, has been underperforming for several months. But July was the first month in many, many months. I believe July was the first month in eight months that uh, the Russ 2000 outperformed the S&P 500. Could we be seeing a personality change here? If you go by the premise that in a bull market, a rising tide eventually lifts all boats, then you would say absolutely. It's, it's getting very close to time for, the, for IWM, the Russ 2000 ETF, and for Russ 2000 to begin playing serious catch-up. Uh, just as an example... Uh, R2K is still down, what is that, 8% from all-time highs? So it's got a, got a ways to go. Matter of fact, it's not hit an all-time high since January. Had a series of, uh, of, of lower highs, and, and, but also had a series of higher lows. So it's forming a, a, a bullish flag here, which uh, is almost certainly going to result in a major breakout higher. But again, people have been saying this for a long time, and it's been dead money in the R2K. Um, so what else happened today? Ten-year yield uh, was lower, sharply lower this morning. We're still at a 1.17%. Starting to hear more people, a few more, not a lot, joining the VRA in, in our view that, wait a minute, <clears throat> who says that rates have to go higher? People are starting to rethink that entire uh, investment uh, belief that, yeah, in a, in a, in a roaring economy, uh, the, the rates have to go higher. Who, who says that? Where's that written in stone? Rates have only gone lower for 40 straight years. Uh, Japan, you know, I mean, the Japanese uh, government now owns 50% of all Japanese debt and the largest holder of, of Japanese equities. The world's been turning Japanese now for, since they first started QE in 2001. Um, who, says the, who says the Fed's even got a taper? They, they probably will taper. Uh, there's 120 billion a month, but who says they have to? And there's certainly we just don't see a rate hike coming. Period. Matter of fact, as you know, we're looking for negative rates in the U.S. Just as continue to be the case, even more so in Europe and Japan. Uh, just a, a remarkable percentage of corporate debt, corporate debt, investment grade debt in Europe that is owned as that has negative yields. It's just stunning. Corporate bonds with negative yields. So uh, again, this is a pretty strong repeating pattern here. Um, and that's that just bodes well for stocks, doesn't it? Because again, we're talking about there just is no alternative. It's Tina. You, how can anyone build a retirement account in bonds? How can you do it? You used to be able to do it, but this is old school thinking that no longer applies anymore. And as Tyler and I also got in today quite a bit, you know, everyone's saying, but this is a, but this is a, this is, this is an ex like a Frankenstein-like experiment that is bound to blow up in our face. It says who? It says, says who? When, when has it ever blown up? In our lifetimes, when has it blown up? It's not. You got to go back to Weimar Germany. And again, that was the war reparations that pushed them into default, right? We're not Zimbabwe. 
Japanese, uh, their debt to GDP is what, 290% now? China's is probably higher. We're at 130%. We're half, we're less than half of those levels. All right. So <clears throat> who's, who's to say this can't, this madness, and it is complete financial engineering. We're actually writing a book just explaining all of this right now, along with our belief that we're in a melt up bull market, just as we've been. Who's to say this can't continue? Because, folks, Right now, the fear and greed index sits at 30. 30! <laughs> Unbelievable. We're at all-time highs, and the fear and greed index is at 30. That's fear. How is that possible? Well, investors have a foot out the door. They've had a foot out of this bull market for a long time. Again, hard to blame them. Frankly, impossible to blame anybody for being fearful, distrustful, hateful of this bull market. After what we've been through over the last 18 months with coronavirus insanity, um, I've got a lot I can talk. I am going to mention something there in just a second because I, I just find it stunning what's happening now with these vaccines. But um, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to blame anyone for being fearful and not wanting to be aggressively invested in this market. But the point is, this is not how bull markets top. It's just not bull markets. Major bull markets like this, especially ones driven by more than $30 trillion in the fiscal and monetary stimulus inside of, what, 16 months. Bull markets like this end in euphoria when investors believe the stocks cannot go lower. We're just not there. Again, these are all big-time contrarian buy signals. Uh, looking for blood in the street, I think a lot of people think it's there now. Just a very, very interesting market. Very interesting stuff happening in China. Uh, and I'll just have to mention this about the vaccines. So news broke today that Israel is going back into lockdown in September. I don't know why they say September. It's the beginning of August now. Uh, but you got to remember, <clears throat> Israel, I think, is the highest vaccine population on the planet. One of, certainly. Almost all their adult people are, are vaccinated. But, but they've got this case-demic happening and they're going back into lockdowns. What's up with that? Why is everyone calling for this? You know, uh, uh, is so much propaganda happening now. Um, and these vaccines, uh, boy, if they were that good, why would people be so worried about me having one or you having one? If they've been, if you've been vaccinated, why do you care if I haven't? Why would that matter to you? So there's a lot of odd stuff happening now. It's, uh, it's, it, it's just very weird when you see in the government and individual, uh, governors and mayors putting so much pressure on people. Uh, about uh, about getting this vaccine. It seems very um, unnatural. It seems very uh, authoritarian, very fascist, right? To say, be saying, show us your papers, right? Uh, must wear, kids have to wear masks in school. What? Why would kids, who <laughs> I think the total was uh, less than 350 kids have died from coronavirus. And of course, that's with and from all kind of other things. We know this. This is the lowest at-risk population on the planet Earth, children, why would they need to wear masks? Well, look, follow the money, folks. They have to have kids in masks because they're waiting for the uh, for for, for these for these vaccines to be approved for children under the age of twelve, right? So, you know, there are parents that can't wait to give their two-year-old vaccines. Uh, it's just insanity. They're not even at risk. But they've got to have them in masks in school. 
when these vaccines are approved because that'll be the trade-off, right? That'll be the carrot. See, kids, you don't have to wear your mask anymore as long as you get the jab. You get jabbed and you can remove the mask. And of course, we've seen how that's worked, right? And now they're saying everyone's got to go back to masks even though they're all vaccinated. So again, this is insanity we're, we're watching here. It's our hope, my hope certainly, that parents of, of young children have still have the ability, and the jury's still out on that, still have the ability to, to, to do their own research and due diligence, to ask tough questions, to not be intimidated by these uh, overwhelmingly authoritarian fascist governments. Uh, but I don't know. We're not, I'm not sure the evidence is there. We have a lot of sheeple in this country that just go along to get along. And uh, it's another story for another time. But that's why kids have to stay masked up. They've got to use that vaccine as a, as a, as a carrot for getting the jab. And it won't be a panacea, uh, but uh, there you have it. Um, so, again, a lot of reasons to, uh, to look at this market and say you've you got to be aggressively in, invested. And you see this, the semiconductors hitting all-time highs, and now they're hitting extreme bottom stochastics. And you go, okay, are they now going to be rotated out of? That's been the pattern as well. August is the second worst month of the year. There are a lot of factors here to, uh, to look at. Um, I want to also mention something about Bitcoin here. Gary Kinsler, <clears throat> uh, SEC head, <clears throat> came out today and with some, the strongest language we've seen to date about Bitcoin, uh, calling it uh, essentially full of scams and you know, even a risk to, uh, to our, way of, our financial way of life. I mean, it was very strongly worded. But on that news, Bitcoin started going higher. So it's not the news that matters most. It's the market's reaction to that news. Now, Bitcoin still closed lower on the day. But, you know, this is the kind of thing you're looking for, again, a capitulation kind of event. You will see here. Uh, obviously, we don't like the fact that Bitcoin remains below its 200-day moving average at 44700 uh, Bitcoin right now is at 38000 just over 38000 <clears throat> Again, down, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> down 850 on the day. Let me get a drink of water here. But, um, but that's interesting nonetheless. Okay, let's take a look at our um, internals today. These have not been, they're, they're, they're better, but they're not great. Although I will tell you, they en- ended up today being a lot better than they were at midday. Uh and as Tyler covered yesterday, we really have seen internals begin to improve, but it's nothing like you would say, you know, we get a market up, again, Dow's up almost 300 points today. Uh, you know, every index is up. We should have better readings than this, and they've just not been good. Uh, you can look at it two ways, though, right? You can say, wow, how is the market hitting all-time high after all-time high with these crappy internals? That's, that's probably the way to look at it. Uh, but we feel much more comfortable if the internals have been better because they have not been. Today, we saw kind of the same thing, really. They got better at the close. But, for example, today, again, NASDAQ up sharply. We had more stocks declining than advancing. Not, not by a lot, but like 100, more, like 100 more stocks declined than advancing, but not good. On the other hand, NYSC up down volume, that was positive. It was positive by about, uh, what is that, about $500 million worth of trading. Uh, so that's good. Uh, NYSE, better, better. NYSE volume was actually positive two to one. It's very good to see. We haven't had a lot of those readings the last, uh, call it four to six weeks. And also advanced decline in NYSE was also positive by about five, 600 issues. And uh, new 52-week highs to lows were barely positive on NASDAQ, 
but posited by 130 issues on NYSE. It's not, these aren't terrible. And again, the market's been going higher regardless, but we want to see the internals improve. And then we can say this market's ready to blast off again. It, it may well be ready to do that anyway. Uh, but uh, it's just one of those periods. Again, August, not a good month. A little trepidation here. A lot of people have got one foot out of the market already. Uh, but uh, uh, look, this is uh, six months in a row. The market's been up. That's historically a very, very positive. Uh, history tells us that the market's, have only done this 21 times. 18 of those 21 times, the market's been higher a year later with an average yield, a return of 12%. That's S&P 500. So data, the analytics tell us that this market's going higher. Uh, I mean, that jives with everything that we see, of course. Uh, but to, again, we've already had such a big move higher, you know, that you just want to see the internal start to improve so you don't get too concerned here. In our sector watch today, of our 11 S&P 500 sectors, uh, 10 of 11 Finished higher on the day, led to the upside by energy up 1.8%, health up 1.4%, industrials up 1.3%, to the downside, really nothing, communication services down two-tenths of 1%. And our commodity watch today, uh, gold today down eight, been very quiet, gold down $8 an ounce, still about $1,800, $1,800, $1,813 an ounce, silver today also quiet, up two cents an ounce at the $25.59 an ounce, copper Quiet, down four cents a pound at four dollars and thirty-eight cents. Uh, oil today uh, down ninety-six dollars a barrel. Excuse me, yeah, ninety-six ninety-six cents a barrel at seventy dollars and twenty-eight. But again, energy stocks were higher. That's a very very good sign. And we covered Bitcoin a minute ago, uh, down eight fifty at thirty-eight thousand twenty-one. Even with the CEO uh, SEC's top guy Gary Gensler coming out hardcore against cryptocurrencies. Again, that action is very interesting. Folks, as always, appreciate you joining us here. Hope you have a great night. We'll see you back here tomorrow after the close.